0: Alright, well, it is, it is good to be here with you today. I'm going to do something a little bit different. As I said, I um, got a call from Jeremy said he's just not going to be able to make it today, and, uh, which is really disappointing because, uh, I, you know, mostly because we will really appreciate listening to him speak and listen to his heart for, for Northern Churches. And I think it would be really inspiring for us. And so that will come uh, at the, the, when the, whenever the, the Lord allows that to happen next. And uh, so I just want to do a little bit of a, a review and just kind of talk about the blessings of God today. And I want to hear from you a little bit. And uh, for our online family, um, when we get to the discussion part, we're probably just going to say good afternoon to you and good, uh, goodbye, but uh, let me just do a few things quickly here. Just if you've forgotten or haven't been around, let me just do a bit of a review. And so we started a couple weeks ago on November the 6th with the idea of being more blessed. That, uh, that uh, it's not about... An amount, it's about a mindset. It's not about how much we have or how much we don't have. It's a mindset. Generosity, overflow, it's a mindset. And Acts 20.35 says, It's more blessed to give than to receive. And um, I really appreciate this this mindset. Um, I... uh, I like to be, I love the, I love to dream about generosity sometimes, and I go, if I only had like won the lottery and just won like a billion dollars, think of how much of it I could give away. Now, of course, to win a billion dollars in the lottery, you have to play the lottery to win, and if you are um, worried about finances and you're worried about where your, your next paycheck is gonna come from, may I suggest you don't go spend it on a, the money you do have, don't spend it on a lottery ticket. Okay. Uh, one, that's not trusting God, um, but, but two, um, there's better ways to spend your money. And uh, if you need help uh, budgeting and, 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 and some of those things, we've got some people that can help you uh, on that journey. But uh, I love the idea of generosity. And uh, here's what I also know. Um, generosity is more than money. Uh, it's more than just uh, giving gold and silver and, and all of these things. Um, Because we can throw millions and billions of dollars at a problem, and that problem will be fixed for a little while, and then that problem will come back. Because typically the problem isn't money, the problem is generosity, acts of kindness, acts of love. It takes more than money to change the world. Now, uh, generosity is certainly more than money, and so if you don't believe me, um, go to the drugstore, well, it's closed right now, go tomorrow to the drugstore and tell me if you can buy some children's Tylenol. All right, so we, um, we know if you've been following the news or if you've needed children's Tylenol or gravel or something, there's not a lot of it on the shelves around, and so... Um, I love, uh, I love the generosity even in our own community, and you see on Facebook, we have like a, a little Facebook chat group with our neighbors in our neighborhood, and we got a lot of kids in our neighborhood, and someone will go on, hey, does anybody have Tylenol at all, like remotely? And I love watching the generosity of people just share Tylenol in the, in the court. It's, uh, we have like this communal bottle now that has been shared. It's like, it's almost like communion, right? You just take a little bit of the cup. Not quite, but. but you want to talk about generosity and not, not knowing if you're going to have enough. And yet you feel the voice of the Lord say, hey, you know what? I don't want you to worry about whether you have enough or not. But right now, I'm, I, I am, I'm speaking to you and telling you, give what you have. And when you give your last bottle of Tylenol away to somebody, knowing that uh, maybe next week or tomorrow in a few days, it's going to be my kid with the fever, my kid with the, the runny nose and, and the coughing and, and every, every nastiness that's been going around, what am I going to do if I give out this bottle? And you clearly hear the Lord say, hey, I want you to give out this, this Tylenol. Now, I'm a bit of a, not a hoarder, but I like to have a supply, all right, so when I read the story of Joseph and he says, okay, for seven years, we're going to have some really good years. Let's store a bunch of that away for the seven bad years. I like to have lots of toilet paper. So, like, I order it from Costco. I throw it in the pantry downstairs. Like, the next pandemic, when everyone rushes to buy toilet paper, like, we're set. We don't have to worry about it. We had toilet paper, right? But one thing we didn't have was Tylenol. And so I said, you know, you know I was away to town. Elizabeth's, you know, giving out our last bottle of Tylenol to the neighbors and giving it to Rebecca for her children, all of these things. And it's one of those things, you just trust God. Yeah, you know, there's a need, we're just gonna give, and we're just gonna trust God. And maybe it seems like that not big of a deal, and, and maybe it wasn't, but in some cases, I, I feel like it kind of is. And so I was, um, I don't know if I was at a meeting, but I was in Thunder Bay, and I was at uh, the wholesale club. I'm like, wholesale store, they got like lots of everything. They're kind of like a little Costco kind of thing. So I go to their drug aisle and look for Tylenol, their shelves are completely bare, that's fine, that's too bad, whatever. And they also didn't have hot dog buns that day, it was ridiculous, it was for our first hot dog lunch I think is what it was actually. And so I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. And so I ended up having to go to Superstore. And I thought, why don't I just go check and see what they have? And I walked across the store. And lo and behold, there were three bottles of children's Tylenol on the shelf. And I grabbed three of them. I gave one to our neighbors to replenish what we we borrowed from them. We gave one, I think, to Rebecca. And we still have one in our cupboard today. And I tell you, what a blessing Tylenol is. (laughs) And just those simple little acts of generosity. And I'm not saying that God will always provide that way, but God will always provide. And even if you feel like you don't have enough, God will give. And if you don't believe me that this is how God works, let's go back to the, to the verse in Corinthians today. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 1-4, and Paul says to the church in Corinth, Be like the believers in Macedonia. They are dirt poor. They have absolutely nothing and yet they keep writing me letters asking me, Paul how can we give to the work that's happening in Jerusalem? How can we give to the missionary work? How can we give? What can we give? Can we give? Is it okay for us to give you money? And he's looking at them going, guys you have nothing to give. And yet they start to give whatever it is they have. They said we don't care. God will take care of us. We know that we'll be blessed. We already are blessed and so we want to be a part of what God is doing. And so they begin to give and people catch on because generosity breeds generosity. And I believe you replicate what you celebrate. And I'll say that again in case you didn't catch it. We replicate what we celebrate. And so one of the things we want to do is we want to celebrate generosity because generosity breeds generosity. And so all of a sudden people went Hey, if the church in Macedonia can give and the people in the, in the community look at the church and they say, hey, they're giving even when they don't really have anything to give, but they're giving what they have, I want to be a part of that because surely it's worth investing to, into. And if you ever wonder, Shirley is always worth investing in. I don't know why, but she is. Sorry, bad joke. Sorry. It's not even Father's Day. Ah. But they say, surely it's worth investing if this church who has nothing is going to give. And all of a sudden, the offering out of Macedonia just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. Because generosity breeds generosity. And so Paul writes to Corinth and says, hey, be like these guys. Because remember, and then we read I think last week, remember how you excel in everything else. And he says, here's one area, here's one place that you guys can work on. He says, I'm not commanding you to give, I'm not telling you to give more, but he's just saying, as a test, test your faith, trust God just a little bit more, because giving isn't about the amount, and it's not even about really our church when you give. Because right now, the thing is, is we're giving to the Lord. And he says, I want you to be able to trust God. It's not even about about giving towards something, even though, like, Obviously, there's practical needs that exist. There's practical things that we we do. But Paul says to them, look, it's not even a command. It's not that we even need your money, even though, like, we do. He says, that's not why I'm writing this. He said, I want you to grow in your faith. I want you to grow in your trust of who God is. I want you to grow and watch and see how God multiplies your giving. I want you to see how you excel in all of these things in preaching, in teaching, in disciple-making, and in caring, in prophecy, all of these things that you're so good at. When you start giving to the Lord in this area, and you start operating in generosity, watch how the Lord blesses all these other areas of your life. Watch how the other ministry in your life continues to expand and excel and is blessed by the Lord when you trust him with this area. And so the church in Corinth is is reading this. And I was was reading a little bit more, and I got to Philippians. And there's a verse that I've heard probably most of my life. And uh, it's one that we like to talk about when we talk about giving. And it's in uh, Philippians 4, verse 19. And he says, And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And so when I heard that Jeremy wasn't coming, last week I kind of did two messages in one because he was going to come this week, and I thought, well, I can't just re-preach something else. How can I kind of continue and launch this into this Christmas season, which, quite honestly, Advent, the anticipation of Jesus, the whole Christmas theme is actually about generosity to begin with. God sending his son to pay a price for us. And so he says in, second, or in, in Philippians 4, verse 19, he says, and God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ. And like, what a great message to preach. If I stood up here and I point the finger at you and hey, Corey, if you give to God, right? And I could, I could do this. And uh, God's gonna meet all of your needs. Just give, pull out your wallet. You got your wallet on you today? Just open that sucker right up, okay? And, you know, we could, we could easily manipulate it like that. Now, 100%, 100% believe every word of this passage. But I'm not here to manipulate you this morning. I'm not here to command you to give. I'm here to invite you. I'm here to invite you to trust God. But as I was reading back through this, this passage, and here's the thing about reading the Bible. Here, this is free for you today. Is that we can read one verse at a time. Random verses we memorized as a kid or we heard as an adult, whatever. And we can think, yeah, it's really good, it's powerful, it's moving. Yeah, the Lord will supply all of my needs according to the riches of Christ Jesus. Wonderful passage. Memorize it? Absolutely. But context is so important, right? Context is is, is everything. And so you go back a couple verses, and uh, as I did that in preparation for this morning, I went back just to verse 14. And Paul is kind of in his concluding message to the Philippians. He says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from, oh, where's a fun word in there? Macedonia. We've heard that one before. Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except for you only. Now I'm going to pause there for a minute because this tells us something important. Macedonia, the first opportunity they had to give, they didn't. And so the question comes in my mind what changed in their circumstance? Because Paul just says, the first time he went to Macedonia, when they were new in their faith, when they were just starting out, he says, them and everybody else didn't give anything. And he commends the Philippians, he says, but when I came to you, you did, you did give something. And so I go, in the church in Macedonia, what changed in their life? What circumstances took place that they decided the next opportunity they had, they said to Paul, hey, we want to give everything we got, even though we have nothing. We want to give everything. And so my question is, how do you go from not wanting to give anything at all to wanting to give everything? And I think the process is discipleship. The process is time, learning, and understanding. And so for some of us today, this is my encouragement to you. If you are not ready to give, then don't give yet. If you're not ready to take that step in your faith, then then don't take that step yet. Pray a little bit more on it. Fast a little bit more. Maybe give something different instead. Maybe you just say, hey, I'm not ready. I can't. I'm not ready to trust. That's okay. We'll continue to hold your hand. We'll continue to love you just the same. We'll continue to encourage you no matter what. And as we know, as we continue to read, and we move back to, to Corinthians, It says they were able to go from giving nothing, not even having a desire to give, to wanting to give absolutely everything. And so this is, I'm going to continue reading for us today. And he says, so when I set up from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except for you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that be more sorry. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have res- so I mean here's the pastor side of me too, right? Hey, you gave a lot last time. I pray that God blesses you more so you could give me more. I mean, we could easily read that into Paul's Paul's writing, but of course that's not what Paul's saying, is it? He says, no, look. He says, it's not about the gifts that you give me. I actually desire, because of your faithfulness, that God would just continue to bless you more because clearly you have the right heart. And he says, clearly you're moving forward in the kingdom. And so he says, I wish more would be credited to your account. He says, I've received full payment and have more than, oh, here's that word again, more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from, oh, here's a big name, Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And then he says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so hear my heart today. When I, when I share about giving and I share about overflow, I'm not saying to you, I'm not commanding you, I'm not telling you what to do. Because everything we do, we do it to the glory of the Lord anyway. We do it for the glory of God. When we come and we sing our songs, it's not, I mean, I love music. I love a good concert. I love a good show. Don't get me wrong. I love to have fun in music. I love to have fun in worship. But let me tell you, it's not about the feelings I get when I worship. It's about bringing honor and glory to God in all that we do. It's not about serving a hot dog to a student at the high school. As much as, as, much as we have, God's given us a great love for the students there. Um, it's not about, uh, about the act itself. But we do it because it brings glory and honor to God. Who knew a hot dog could bring glory to God? I mean, it's not even real food. Like, come on. Praise the Lord for hot dogs. They're good. That's right. But our offerings, no matter how big, no matter how small, as Paul says, they are a fragrant offering and an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Now, some of us, we could, we could, we could walk in and just like the, the, uh, the disciples sitting with Jesus outside the temple, watching people bring their offering to the temple. And the disciples' eyes get really big when this big wealthy couple walks in and they drop their big bags of money and gold and silver in the offering. And uh, then this widow comes, and she, she comes with two little mites, less than a penny, puts it in the offering, and they're like, oh, whatever. And Jesus is like, no, pause here for a minute. And he says, look, the people that are really wealthy, yeah, they gave a lot of money. And he says, but actually, they just kind of gave their bare minimum, because they have a lot more than that. And he says, that's fine. They brought an acceptable offering pleasing to God. But he says, look at the widow. He said, she didn't bring a lot of value, monetarily, monetarily wise. I can't even speak this morning, as usual. He says, but she actually gave more because she gave everything. And that was all she had. And, and I don't know what you know this, but in, in Jesus' time, um, they didn't have EI, they didn't have unemployment, they didn't have welfare or anything like that, they didn't have disability checks that came in the mail. Um, that was everything that she had. She lived off the generosity of other people and yet her life was lived in such a way that she wanted to honor the Lord with everything she had. And so Jesus says, this is how we build the kingdom. This is how we build the kingdom by giving him first our attention, our heart, our soul and we worship him with everything that we are. And our giving monetarily simply just flows out of our great love for God. Because in everything we say, everything we do, God, we want to honor you. So that's what I got for us this morning. That's what I got for us as we conclude kind of this series. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but our church doesn't have a lot, but our church is so, so, so blessed. And so I mentioned um, I'm so thankful that, um, that we always seem to have enough, right? The right time, right place, we always seem to have enough. And uh, I'm thankful, and I continue to pray that God gives us wisdom be able to be good stewards of what God gives us because uh, we are incredibly blessed. And so um, I'm thankful today that we got to buy dehumidifiers this week. It seems ridiculous, but what an, what an amazing praise report. Hey, we bought dehumidifiers for the basement so that our youth and our kids can run around and be free and have fun again. I well, they don't have fun now, but they have a space that, uh, that is designed for them. And uh, my prayer, and I know that it will happen if we get all the work done by January 1st or 2nd or 3rd, 4th, 5th. January 5th will be our first youth night. Actually, I think January 12th. By January 12th, my birthday, good good goal, um, our youth and kids will be back in our basement. And uh, that will happen as long as we work our butts off. Um, But we have the resources to make it happen. So praise God for that. Uh, Today, uh, for our online family, I'm going to say goodbye to you now. And i got some questions for us, and I kind of wondered if we could do a bit of a small group conversation. Let me hear from you a little bit. And then let's uh, let's pray for one another before we go today. And so if you're online, Brandon's going to just kind of say goodbye to the stream and our online family. We love you very much, and uh, we just pray God's greatest blessing on you now.